Hey, welcome to the Heavy Hole. My name is Professional Drinker Tom. Ah, and welcome to the Heavy Hole. My name is Big Will, aka Uncle Sanguasuga Buck. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, hi, this is this is boring Justin over here. What's oh, <laughs> what's happening, boys? You're not boring. Guy's got a mustache and a, a NASCAR shirt and a Power Trip camo hat. Man, you're not boring, man. What's up? Is that a NASCAR shirt? No, this is the 1994 uh, New York Rangers Stanley Cup starter T-shirt. <laughs> you know, okay, Long Island version of a NASCAR shirt. That's right. The that's more, right. Yeah, yeah. North, northeastern NASCAR adjacent shirt. We uh, we skate laps around the rink. That's what we do. 500 <laughs> times. Is that what you were doing this weekend? Oh hell no! No, I was just on the couch, man. I was on. I was <laughs> bouncing back and forth between on the couch and in the garage, uh, dusting off my saws and trying to build some uh, cabinets, yeah. chairs, and whatnot. Like that. I like that. That's yeah. good. Anything for the bathroom? The bathroom's done, man. Just using it. Is it ever done, or couldn't we always use a little shelf after you know, for our books? Or something? <laughs> after eleven months. It is done. You just put the period on that. You, you know, sometimes you gotta just you gotta say that song is done and put it out there. So that's that's how I feel about the bathroom. Uh, now All right. it's I know like an it... old band of mine that I hate now. So it's, I, <laughs> I think you need to spice it up with a little cassette tape rack huh. in the bathroom and a boombox. Yeah. You wouldn't be the first one. I know somebody who did that. That was a you know, nice uh, a nice distraction in the bathroom. Just build it into a tub. You know, it's good. Yeah. Uh, a, a, a bog-like tub. Tapes, it's waterproof, right? Yeah. You know, it's not like an, so, it's not like an iPod. Can't put that underwater. So, oh wait, iPod, you just jacked the Segway because you know where I'm going, Justin. Whenever you do craft-adjacent projects, what was the playlist? Dude, beats me on that, man. Just working for the weekend, overtime. I don't know. Working for the weekend? Who did that song? Beats me. Is it the the '80s? It was not Devo. No. All right. Well, we will have to revisit that and try to book them for an interview. Uh, Tom, did you listen to music this weekend? This weekend, yes, I did. Um, I got some oil tanker, oil tanker vinyls in the mail. Um, I got the not the latest, but the um, 2019 um, Rip to Shreds EP on vinyl. Uh, so I've okay. been spinning that, and yeah, I've been diving through. You know, I, I, I have a fun recommendation for later, so that one was heavy on rotation. Okay. I'll get into that. Uh, All right, I'm excited about my t- recommendation too. I totally. I thought you were asking me a question, like what's the playlist that you had mentioned before when you're working in the shop. I just didn't have an answer to it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I oh, so. uh, my when, bad. I always ask you what you listen to, man. Well, I want to know what you're listening to as, you, as you're sawing this wood and all this stuff. Oh, sure. Um, actually, it was coming off of a... I just watched the new Beastie Boys documentary, and I was like... I saw that that was out, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, you know what? I'm not really too like versed in Paul's Boutique, so I kind of went back in the Beastie Boys catalog, and it was nice. It was relaxing. That was you know, Classic hip-hop Yeah, album. absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I was playing a little yeah, of that, I, going back to uh, Cynic, listening to Focus, um, Mm. Trying to deep mm. deep dive into that uh, and listen to some Pestilence, another band that I grossly under listened to. So it's a cool little well-rounded uh, playlist. Testi- Testimony of the Ancients, uh, beautiful mm-hmm. album by, by Pestilence. I actually was displaying my copy, my cassette copy of Pestilence, Testimony of the Ancients, uh, over the weekend on Instagram Live. I did it. 
I, I was, I, I, I went live, as the kids say. You're an entrepreneur. You know, I, yeah, shout out to everybody who was on there trolling me, um, asking me about demos that I didn't have readily available, so I looked like I was faking the funk. It was, it was great. Uh, I showed people my frog, and we're going to continue to do that. We're going to try to go live again. Um, I was thinking maybe I'll do some vocal stuff or something like the kid. You know, I'm trying to watch these kids. I'm trying to stay in touch. You know what I mean? I'm trying to stay in touch with everything. Um, and Justin, uh, you kind of gave me like a nice segue. We're, 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 we got a lot of synchronicity on the segue now because uh, you were talking about documentaries. Yeah. You were talking about Cynic. I watched uh, Death to Metal, the documentary about the music of Death and Chuck Schuldner. Uh, last night. Very nice. Beautiful documentary. Beautiful yeah. documentary. Um, I felt like they really painted a very human, uh, not to use the pun uh, for the you know the album human, but a very human portrait of Chuck Schuldner. Uh, I thought it, I thought it was amazing. It was really towards the end, man. You know, it'll make you tear up a little bit, man. Um, uh, and also, I watched uh, a documentary on the Mentors. Um, very different band from Death. The Mentor. You guys familiar? No. Oh boy! Wow, man, you guys—I'm old. All right, we'll we'll do that another night because that's a whole different conversation. Teach me, uncle. Um, teach me. That then death. Yeah, I don't know if you guys are even ready for that, man. I might need to get some like uh, parental um, disclosure forms or waivers or something, <laughs> for, uh, permission slips, if we do a mentors-related episode. I don't even know if I could sign on. But regardless, I was watching some documentaries, man. Um, and then, and I, I just want to recommend that 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 mentors one was very interesting. I learned a lot of new stuff. I'm, I never listened to the band all that much, but it's an interesting history to that band. C- controversial, myself. And the death to all doc, really great documentary, man. I appreciated that, man. You know, you get they get most of the old members of, of the death lineups in there and everything. It was really cool. Jim Morris from Morris Sound Studios talking. Uh, it was that was a really good movie, man. I enjoyed that. And um, you know. It kind of like it gives you like a good uh, a good caption of like the uh, the the history of death metal and of this type of music and obviously there's other bands related to the beginning of death metal we're not going to go down that argument tonight than death um, but it, it's 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 kind of like refreshing and and that's what we try to do is go through the history of death metal and learn something new and we also try to stay current and bring you like newer uh, waves in death metal some that I'm not even familiar with. You know what I mean, man? Like, that was kind of like we did that meme episode, and I was just trying to figure it all out, you know? You definitely had a perspective on it. I'll say that. Yeah, well, I, you know, I I was trying to um, uh, refine my perspective on it. Yeah, you know, so. I was trying to evolve my, my thoughts on that issue. And, and, uh, and tonight, that. Yeah, and I appreciate the kids. Uh, and not to paint our guest tonight as a kid, but um, definitely part of this... Uh, newer, younger uh, movement in death metal that some people have decided to term caveman death metal. We're going to talk to Devin from Sanguasugabog. And I said that right the first time. So, you know, we're good. Uh, we're going to get him on the phone and we're going to talk about this, man, because I feel like this guy might have some some insight into the death metal scene uh, that that uh, that could put me in context. You know, I'm a little out of touch over here. Hey, man. Uh, this is going to be a good one, so let's get him up. We're... We're learning. We're growing. Right. We're gonna. We say that name the best of any other podcast out there. Sanguisugabon. Nobody says it like the heavy hole. In doing the research, I did notice another interviewer who I will not um, put on blast. Uh, did not pronounce it the way we do. Then, um, you know, and with a Long Island tongue, it's even harder, man. So I got to give you guys credit, and I got you know props to me for that. Um, and on that note, let's get Devin from Sanguisugabog on the line, kid.
How's it going? Devin, what's up? Yo. Yo. What's up, Devin? How you doing, man? Hey, I'm good. How are you guys doing? Great, sure. man. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it, man. Oh, fuck yeah. For sure. How's it curving? My curve's to the right. Curve's so far to the right that uh, my visa's being protested by the Israeli government right now. Damn, man. <laughs> <laughs> I've flattened my curve. <laughs> Put some weights on top I, I, of it. I started feeling uh, a little under the weather this morning, so I'm eating the orange. We'll see how that works out for me. Oh, yeah, dude. Old lady just made some chicken tendies, so it's a good day, man. Got my meat shit shirt on. It's good to go. Tendy time. Uh, Devin, how you doing, man? How you holding up over there? I'm uh, chilling and killing, brother. Just uh, just been fucking uh, turkey hunting and uh, kicking back, listening to some tunes and uh, eating mushrooms and getting the new album ready. So, All right. Wow. I wish I was there. That sounds amazing, man. Re- real life turkey hunting, for real. That's right, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when, uh, I mean, I was supposed to be, we were supposed to be out on tour uh, this week, actually. We were, last week and this week, we were going to do a couple days with Black Dahlia Murder. And that all, uh, that all went to shit because of what's going on. So, uh, I've just been taking my dad out turkey hunting, chilling and uh, hanging out with the kids, doing homeschooling and just kicking back, man. Wow, man, that, that's real, man. Uh, sorry, that Black Dahlia murder would, would have been a big look, as I'm sure uh, you know. But that's great that you're you're able to take advantage of that time with your family a little bit, man. Now, normally I would go headfirst into death metal, but y- you really picked my curiosity with this turkey hunting. What sort of firepower are we using? Uh, I use a Benelli, and uh, okay. I use turkey loads, uh, which are like just little copper solids, like bullets, and okay. then. Uh, but yeah, man. I mean, it's not like I hunt out of a stand, like I'm deer hunting or anything. So it's in the ground. Um, I haven't been hunting in years, so it's my first time out since I was like a teenager. And uh, I just pretty much I was able to squeeze in all my old shit. I took my dad out to a public place and uh, just kicked back, you know, hit a little vape pen here and there, and uh, tried to drop some turkeys. And I assume you you clean and eat these turkeys. Oh hell yeah, dude. For sure. How does that taste compared to your store-bought uh, butter bowl? Um, I'd say better. I mean, it's not like yeah. uh, there's no, uh, you know, there's no like artificial. It doesn't taste like a rubbery type of feel to it. it has more of like, um, I mean, usually they could use this word uh, to describe fish, but kind of gamey, I guess. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, man. Well, uh, I'm game. Um, that be yeah. I, we were we we were just talking about the dad jokes and how we're relentless with the dad jokes. It's bad over here, uh, and maybe you could help us with that, man. Because because you're with Sanguisugabog. If it's fair to say, I feel like you guys are part of kind of like a, a newer wave uh, in death metal that's coming on now. I, I know you're th- this term caveman death metal that some people like to glom onto. I don't know. Um, but before we get into all that, uh, is it okay if I go ahead and ask you some questions about your background? For sure, man. Fire away. All right. Awesome, dude. Uh, you're originally from Ohio, right? Yep. Uh, now, I mean, you told us already that you you know, you go turkey hunting with your dad, um, things like that. Is is uh, music part of your upbringing in any way or your family? Oh, for sure, man. Um, so, I mean, my dad, uh, you know, was around like during the heyday when he was going to shows there was a lot of bands in Ohio that were really active, like Hemdale, Decrepit, 
Um, so he would actually go to their shows. My dad actually went to, uh, you know, the Ohio Death Fest and stuff when I was a kid. So, so yeah, wow. I, mean, I was around. Yeah, I was around uh, the music scene like uh, really young, uh, especially like uh, grind the death metal scene and, and you know the hardcore scene around Ohio too. Wow, that's really interesting because um, I, you know I'm probably a few years older than you. I remember being a, a teenager and and wishing I could get to that those Ohio Death Fests and things like that, uh, and wish you know wishing I could see Hemdale on that. That's really interesting, man. So you're like born and bred second generation death metal grindcore. Yeah, yeah, I guess I guess so. I'm also in a band with um, um, Dan Baker from uh, Regurgitation. We're in a band called Limb Splitter together. So, uh, you know, we swap a lot of stories. You know, he tells me a lot of stories back when, uh, you know, he booked Dying Fetus back when he was a, a kid and they only asked for like a hundred bucks and played a basement, you know, shit like that. It just blows my mind. Yeah, yeah um, I was going to get, get to Limb Splitter. Um, which, as you said, has people that have been in regurgitation, uh, embalmer, sodomized. It's kind of, kind of like a like an OG Ohio death metal group, really, right? Yeah, yeah, it's good. yeah. 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 Um, nice contrast to the Sanguisugabog sound. You know, hearing two different takes on uh, your style. Cool. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. I try to do uh, uh, something different with both bands. Like Limb Splitter, I go for more of um, like a corpse grinder, or Frank Mullen type of like cookie monster style vocals and then uh the same with soga bog dude i i gotta get I, I mean i gotta give props in some ways uh to craig pillard uh and his work with disma and like disciples of mockery and stuff like that yeah yeah and uh we're allowed to give props to him as a vocalist so for sure <laughs> so um that that being said uh, before we get too much into your bands that's really interesting to me that your father is one of those like '90s death metal guys, uh, so so to speak. When do you remember, as a kid, being exposed to the underground death metal scene? Was it just kind of something you grew up in, and later in life you realized that it's not everybody's thing? Or yeah, I mean, it was always around, and then uh, I think once my dad like cut his hair and cleaned up, he didn't listen to it as much. But <laughs> I remember. I remember being a kid and I was going through uh, the center console of my dad's car and he had like a bunch of CDs and I grabbed, um, it was Morbid Angels, Blessed or the Sick and I was like eight or nine at the time and I played it and I remember like just listening to it on my own and I was just like, I don't know, you know? And then uh, I remember like uh, just coming back downstairs like hanging it was just always left in my cd player and then i remember i got grounded for some for some shit and i went back in my room and i played it i cranked it at full volume and i think just me being pissed listening to it made me like it so like it's it's definitely stuck with me ever since yeah sometimes the the emotion is uh what it takes to finally sell you on death metal man that adolescent rage you know uh in your case a few years earlier maybe man um that that's really interesting to me uh about death metal because you know my my the closest my dad will come to death metal is zz top you know what i mean it's a little bit of a different dynamic with, with me and my family um so does your dad still actively listen to death metal um some bands i mean he doesn't go like uh go out and look for any um newer bands or anything and uh he listens to pretty much the same stuff that he did before um he was more of a thrasher 
and then he would listen to like a lot of the Florida bands primarily and uh, like Obituary, uh, Deicide, Morbid Angel and um, that's really it you know I mean my love for bands like Slayer, Pantera, Exodus stuff like that 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 all spawned from him so awesome and uh, ha- I, you know, I imagine Limb Splitter might be a little bit um, uh, easier for your for your dad to like understand, uh, being more of like a, an old school metalhead. Does the is there like a, a disconnect maybe with Sanguisugabog with some of the stuff you guys are doing, uh, like merch wise and all that sort of thing? Or, um, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you ask me, it's like it's two different two different bands completely. It's um. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. It's like that might be a little harder for someone to understand from the old school, you know. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, you know, definitely two different personas. We uh, was saying with Sogabog, it, it captures a more, you know, more younger crowd, and and it, it's it's weird how how different it is, especially when uh, you know playing a limb splitter show and then going on tour with saying with Sogabog and playing playing one of those shows. How different the crowd. Uh, just completely looks to be honest because uh you know i'm used to like the gray beards you know old heads and stuff uh with limp splitter and some kids and stuff but uh you know saying with so goodbye it, i mean it's a whole plethora man it's like there's looks you know there's like dudes that are uh festival guys with dreads that smell like fucking skunk and armpit and then uh i mean all Cross kinds of people man it's crazy yeah man and um uh, well, all right, before I get too far into what's going on now, man, um, you know, I just have a few more questions about, about you coming up. When you finally, uh, I, guess, I guess, you know, what age do you get to a point where you feel like you're kind of making your own choices about death metal and, and kind of just like you start exploring it beyond just what your dad has made available? Um, I think once I became 17 and started driving and was able to go to shows myself, and um, I mean, I had a beard at 17 too, so like, no one carded <laughs> me or anything. And uh, going to like going to shows in Cleveland and stuff, especially like around that time in high school. I mean, I was able to go see bands that I've only heard about and dreamt about seeing. Like, I saw Devourment and Dying Fetus on the same bill. Um, I saw Delusional Parasitosis, like when they were first starting out. Um, Gut Rot like a bunch of bands and that really like got a hold of me and it was around that age when it was just like I don't just want to be in a heavy band I want to be in a brutal death band like that or bust you know <laughs> are you in any other bands before uh, Limb Splitter? yeah um I mean I would do they wouldn't last that long um one of my best friends he was in the band Condemned from San Diego and he moved uh, to Columbus where I live and we would always try to start up something but it's it's really like not everyone has the same taste like around these parts you know it's more so uh, either mellow death or um, like really technical like video game sounding death metal you know right yeah and and obviously you had a different vision <laughs> um uh, so, when you do you join? I, I noticed Limb Splitter. They went by a different name before 2013. Is that correct? Uh, were you in the band before that, or no? No, actually, that was uh, Ryan Enneman from Dislim. 
uh, that band from uh, back in the day. That, that was like the first band on Comatose. Um, yeah. He was in the band then, and he just pretty much told everybody, like, look, I was already into Slam, so let's come out with this name, Bellicosity, and they all they all went with it. And, and at what point do you join up? I joined in 2015. I knew uh, Bob, the guitarist, for a long time. Uh, just from going to shows, driving up, and he'd like buy me booze and stuff. And uh, <laughs> I got Legendary. to see him. Yeah, allegedly. And then uh, <laughs> I got I got to see him at uh, fuck. What was that show? It was uh, Mortal Decay, Malignancy, and Gut Ride. And uh, yeah, dude, oh, it was killer. And um, he he asked me like at that show like, would you be interested? And uh, joining, and just without hesitation, I was like, "Fuck it, yeah, dude, I'll totally join." And they're uh, they're all the way in Cleveland, which is like 135 miles from my house. And yeah, and at the time, I was driving a uh, a '96 Mustang that would just like eat up gas. So I ended up having to buy like a brand new car and everything just to make the trip up there. So been going there ever since. I, what color was the Mustang? It was a um, oriental blue. That's ex- all right. So I feel like on that tip with the oriental blue metallic flake Mustang driving the death metal rehearsal, you were already like summoning that Sanguisuga bog vibe. You know what I mean? Like the the, the merch angle and everything, man. Is that fair to say? Oh, for sure, man. I am. Uh, I'm the embodiment of a fucking meme. So I'm like the me and Cameron are like the mascots of our bands. We're we're brain dead. We're strong as oxes and. We got dicks like Burmese pythons, dude. Wow. Um, <laughs> allegedly. 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 Uh, I, I cannot confirm or deny that. Um, just taking words here. Now, we're just taking words. Yeah. Yeah, we're just, we're just reporting. Um, with, with that being said, uh, I, before we get to, to, to Sanguasugabag too much, um, did you... This this vision, this this uh, you know, quote unquote, caveman death metal thing that's going on now that you guys are um, are like waving the flag for, was this a vision? You know, like was this something on your heart? You know, like I got to wear Brett the Hitman heart sunglasses and and play guttural death metal. Like like was this a plan for a while before you found the other guys or something? So, um, I mean, not not really, man. Like it it, it mainly was envisioned as just being a band that plays local shows and puts out music and um well, that really backfired <laughs> yeah no shit <laughs> and, and uh that's kind of like it's it's weird because i know i know cameron um you know from him playing in bands and uh going to shows and i book shows and um i always knew him as like that guy with the tattoo on his head that likes to get fucked up with me so <laughs> My first time actually like having a practice, I guess, was recording my vocals for the demo. Like all the lyrics, vocal patterns, that was just shit that was off the top of our heads, all completely. <laughs> so that's great. Somehow us being on a bender was just uh, it, le- it made those creative juices flow, I guess. Wow. That that being said, what part? Does alcohol and drugs allegedly play in the game? Um, psychedelics, uh, especially. I'm not trying to sound like Bill Robinson from Decrepit Birth right now, but uh, <laughs> but but definitely like uh, you know mushrooms and uh, DMT, 
And uh, I think when we first jammed the EP together, we were we were on ketamine. So uh, psych psychedelics, lots of weed, and um, fuck Miller High Life, champagne. <laughs> okay, allegedly, allegedly to all that. that. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's take us back. You're you're in Limb Splitter. I know Limb Splitter is actively playing shows. You played some festivals and things like that. There's plenty of footage out there. Uh, when and then you you know Cameron, like you said, he's the guy with the tattoos on his head that you're getting bent with. You're booking shows. When do you guys get the idea for Sanguisugabak? Um. So Cameron had the idea, and his first go with it, it was going to be a two piece. Like he was gonna do guitars and do vocals with a pitch shifter, and, and Cody was gonna play drums. They were gonna dress up weird. He like he had this whole gimmick behind it, and um, he came up with the name uh, Sing with Suga because that was like his persona uh, from his black metal band that we he was in prior to that. And um, I mean, he, uh, he he sent me some tracks and he just told me like. Hey, I got this weird death metal project coming up. Um, it's going to be like the weirdest thing ever. And, and I want you to put it on shows. And at that time, I had shows lined up with like Lividity, um, Post Mortal Possession, and stuff like that. So I was ready to add them on there when I could. And then uh, he just hit me up out of the blue and was just like, dude, do you want to do vocals for this? And I was like, hell yeah. And uh, I remember picking him up. And he's telling me, he's like, yeah, man, I got everything. I got I got the lyrics. I got I got all that stuff for you, so we'll go over it. And by the time I get to the studio, yeah, he, he tells me, dude, I got nothing. <laughs> let's just uh, <laughs> let's just get fried and go with it. And I was like, all right. Oh man. Oh man. S somewhat similar process. Uh probably less alleged drugs in, in the second Buckshot facelift album, Anchors of the Armless Guys. The vocals were such a mess, man. You probably uh, were able to navigate it a little bit better than I was, man. It's just funny to think about that recording vocals and kind of making it up as you go along, man. More bands do it than you might realize, man. John Tardy. So you guys record and release Pornographic Seizures, the demo, in 2019, last year. Did you feel at a certain point like, wow, this is, this is blowing up bigger than I thought? Oh, yeah. Once, uh, once we started getting messages from people that we would never imagine like hear about us, like I had, um, I had Mark from Impetigo and uh, Cam Lee from like Massacre and shit, like hit me up while it was out like for two days, and they were like, "Dude, this is sick." And then like shortly after that, I had Rick Ross like hit me up and. And I'm just like, dude, you got to be shitting me. Like, I was I was high when I did that. I didn't, like, it's not like I put any thought into it, you know? And and they're hitting me up. And uh, I think from there, like, it started, uh, I, I started to get, I mean, it's, shit still surprises me uh, with how far it goes. But from there, I, I noticed that it was getting some attention. And then, uh, I mean, I, I started getting hit up for guest spots and stuff like that from some of my favorite bands, too. And uh, also going to record stores. I went to uh, this, like, consignment shop in, in Lakewood, Ohio, um, called The Black Market. And they got, like, some uh, some stuff that extreme music, like Brian Baxter used to push and stuff. Some of that they've recovered, and they're trying to sell on their shelves. And it's, uh, it's pretty big in, like, the, the metal scene around there. But I'm there... 
and I had like two people like come up, ask for me to sign some shit, ask for a picture and stuff like that. And I was just like, <laughs> this is unreal. Man. Wow, that, that's, that's sick. And I don't want to gloss over the names you brought up. Cam Lee, Rick Ross, uh, obviously for the listeners, class members of uh, Massacre. One of my all, one of my all-time favorite bands, um, the, the you know, from Beyond and and the EP they released after that. I, I love Massacre. That's amazing to me, um, and I think that that speaks to something we talked about with Scott McGrath from Maggot Stomp Records. That this uh, quote-unquote caveman death metal thing, it's not a new concept so much as it is like a spirit that's always existed in death metal. And, you know, maybe I'm going to piss a few of the uh, um, the, the polarized uh, haters off by saying this, but maybe the caveman death metal thing is, is very true to the original spirit of death metal, you know? And I think what you just said, having those guys' endorsement, you know, f- fuck anyone else, right? You know? Oh, for sure. I mean, um, honestly, like, that, that was my opinion on it before... Um, before like jumping into the band i was just like dude like so many bands right now are trying to do like a rehash um old school dirgy death metal sound and i just wanted to put like my own twist on it kind of make it um a little bit more brutal uh to hang my hat you know the the, some of the bands that i i look up to a lot and uh try to make it somewhat as different as i could and um just with some like basic will romer style lyrics and uh see where where it take us but i mean yeah it's definitely um a lot a lot a lot of bands seem to do it and uh the more i keep looking a lot more bands uh there's a lot of bands doing it really well so so lots of respect to them yeah, and the listeners can go back and listen to our interview with um, Scott from Maggot Stop Records if they want some more recommendations from this uh, wave of death metal that's going on. And I'm glad you brought up the OSDM thing because we've talked about it on the podcast. There's lots of great music that has come out of this OSDM wave the last several years, but it has reached a total saturation point to where it's hard to even filter through all that stuff. Uh, and with the caveman death metal, you're seeing that become more and more popular, and eventually that, that will most likely reach a natural saturation point and something else uh, will come. That's how that's how this is always going. It goes in waves. You know, we talked about how, and you're probably very familiar with this, in the late 90s, uh, death metal was not as popular as black metal and commercial metal, so I have, I've always felt like death metal going more underground in the late 90s drove on a lot of that stuff that you grew up with in Ohio. You know, the brutal stuff where they really stop giving a fuck you know what i mean and they, and they just made it about brutal death metal now you know would you agree with that oh absolutely 100 percent. yes you know this these things come in, in waves now something else you know while we're talking about how how quickly sanguisugabog caught on in relation to when you released the demo when did you start your uh your meme page <laughs> um fuck i don't even know it, it, I mean, it, it didn't. It wasn't long after that. I think it's when uh, Scott already started mailing shit out, and uh, I remember we were jamming, and Co- Cody is our drummer. He was just like, "Dude, Mortician has a meme page." He's like, "We should totally, <laughs> we should totally have one." And I was like, "All right." So I was just like, I was looking at videos of like, you know, people fighting at fast food restaurants, people fighting at. Uh, like Popeyes for not having their chicken sandwiches and stuff, and I was just like, yeah. you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw our music on it because that's what I mean. That's seriously what it looks like at our shows is people just going buck wild, 
and uh, that caught on. And even like the most like far fetched, like inside joke style meme, like people loved it for whatever. Everyone's stupid, so I think uh, <laughs> they got it. They got onto it. Yeah, well, you know, I think um, you know we we had we had an episode uh, that was a little bit polarizing with our listenership uh, with Jimmy Forrester from Extreme Metal Memes. Um, yeah, and um, you know we talked about this meme thing. My my only point, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but whether you like it or not, whether people like it or not, it's become uh, a real marketing tool. For, for underground bands, would, how, how would you say it has helped your band? Um, I think, I mean, it's it's made a lot of people who don't normally listen to death metal um, find out about us and go out of their way to kind of research us, which is cool. Um, it's also helped people get an understanding of what we're really like, because <laughs> people, will, people will still come up to us and be like, hey, you guys... Uh, you guys smoke weed and we're like dude duh you know and yeah. uh <laughs> and i mean that's really like what we push out there i mean the memes are kind of showcasing that we're bonehead and that and that's true man i mean we drool on ourselves it's it's pretty bad sometimes <laughs> I, I mean you know what's funny i was just talking to the guys i watched the death to metal I think it was I, now. Now I'm, now I'm second guessing myself. But the documentary about death and Chuck Schuldner. I just watched it yesterday, and just one little thing I noticed: they were showing these pictures of like uh, old photographs of them in the studio, and the guys had taken and made like little you know word bubbles, little captions for each other, joking around. That was that was memeing before there was really memes. I mean, I mean, all all I'm getting at with this is. I'm a little older than the meme generation. It took me a little while to understand what was going on. I still, you know, I I, I would still uh, rather everybody be totally 100% serious and uh, and 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 brutal and, and everything and, and evil. But but the meme thing has has caught on a lot, and I think it plays to the fact that people have a sense of humor, and especially in death metal, people <clears throat> a lot a lot of death metal people are over the act of I'm brutal all day 100% of the time. Let the music speak for itself, and uh, you know we could crack jokes, we could bust balls, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, between music, I also do like <laughs> stand up and stuff too, so I kind of let that uh, showcase in it a little bit. Yeah, get into that a bit. We like to deconstruct people here as best we can, <laughs> in the best way. <laughs> All right. I started doing I started doing uh, open mics and stuff um, late uh, 2017 and then started gigging um, around summer of 2018 between shows and everything. I haven't opened up for anybody like too popular. Uh, I've opened up for a comedian named Tom Clark. That was probably like the biggest gig that I did. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much uh, a joke guy more than a storyteller. You know, I kind of like uh, people like Gilbert Gottfried and David Tell. David Tell, yeah, uh, I, I appreciate both sides of that. You know, um, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan. I've done stand up a few times, um, Hell yeah. but I, I choose not to do it anymore um, because <laughs> I was just uh, blowing the scene up too much in my local neighborhood. Um, <laughs> and, it got, um, got too good. good. Giant, giant, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, for, for giant stand up comedy in Huntington. <laughs> um, about how like you put yourself out there. And you want your fans of Sanguisugabug to know you guys are just like, you know, getting high and making jokes all the time. 
that mm. kind of translates to like the more real life personas of stand-up comedians. For sure. Do you think that just kind of came natural to you? With my other band, Limb Splitter, uh, the the lyrics are really like you know tongue in cheek, and um, I try to liven it up as much as I can. Like like I remember uh, I have like live uh, CDs and stuff of Lividity and Matt Matt Bishop. He used to crack <laughs> jokes all the time, like with his banter, and I tried to um, I emulated that with the set, and then. With sing with Sugabog being like a younger crowd, you know, you you more you more so likely have to be uh, on your toes with what you say. So I had to really actually like put some thought into what my banner is going to be and and stuff like that. With versus my other band, I just let them have it, you know. Right. Yeah. Diplomatic banter is uh, a skill set in in, in uh, being a frontman, man. Absolutely. I learned that the hard way. I said some some pretty shitty things when I was a teenager on stage, <laughs> and I learned I, I learned not to. But um, uh, with that with the stand up, do you have a platform for that? Do you have videos or anything? Is there anything people could check out if they're interested besides seeing you live? Um, I w- I was just about to like do a uh, a YouTube thing where I just hit up uh, different open mics and do uh, five minutes here, five minutes there, and compile it up. But ever since COVID, like the our open mics that we do are strictly on webcam now. So, right. That's but yeah, yeah, between touring and stuff, once things get back to normal, I definitely plan on doing it. All right. Cool. Um, and you know, you you mentioned touring. Sanguisugabog um, recently, be, before like you said, before COVID uh, shut everything up, um, you you did a, a pretty extensive tour of the United States with Sanguisugabog, right? That's right. Yeah, we did. Um, It'd be a, it, it was our second headline as the band that we did, and uh, it was probably our biggest and gnarliest tour that we've done already. And um, but yeah, I mean, we've been touring since November. We've went on three big tours. We did two headlines. Uh, the first headline that we did also had uh, Scorched from Delaware, uh, Mutilatred from our neck of the woods, and then Undeath. And then um, our second tour was with Creeping Death from Texas. And then uh, from February to March, we toured with um, Us as Headline. And then Vomit for Undeath for a minute. And then uh, <clears throat> uh, Graveview from Florida. Okay, and you mentioned, uh, shout out to Vomit Forth. Shout to, shout to everybody you mentioned, but Vomit Forth uh, and Undeath, uh, friends of the show from, from a while back. I know. Didn't Cameron from your band end up playing guitar for Undeath on that tour? No, our uh, drummer actually ended up playing bass for Undeath on that tour. Was that like a last-minute uh, situation, or that was like planned out? Um, they they asked Cody, and he said yeah, and they rehearsed the same day that they were playing the first show, and he just caught on to it. The dude's like, the dude's like Rain Man when it comes to like playing heavy music. It's crazy. Awesome, awesome. That, that's that's cool, man. I, I just I was curious about that, man. I've I've been in a few of those last minute situ, you know, hail mary play, uh, fill in musician situations with my bands, man. It's you know, it's, it's always uh, hair raising when you got to go through something like that last minute. But that's awesome that it worked out. Um, and and now let me ask you, uh, I like your guys' merch a lot. The the bright colors, the crazy designs, the all over prints, all that stuff. Um, my question is that influenced by pro wrestling culture in any way? In some ways, yeah. 
in um, a lot of ways, it's also influenced by old school zines and demos. Also, um, bright colors like the Xerox uh, zines that you used to see that were all weird different colors. The sticker sheets that were all weird different colors. Like um, I have a Cannibal Corpse sticker that's like bright red, and uh, we just took note that like not a lot of bands really do that anymore and and especially like these um old school revival bands um they're not they're not doing anything like that either so we kind of thought it'd be cool in our own way to bring it back (laughs) it's true though because you know i say pro wrestling but that's because i watched most of my pro wrestling in the late 80s early 90s uh and that was just kind of like fashion and and design back then you know, in heavy metal and pro wrestling, and a lot of the, you know skateboard culture things like that. You know, it was what are those pants called? The wrestler pants? Z- like, Zubaz. 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 Uh, yeah. Actually, yeah. it was, I was gonna, started I, by Road Warrior Animal Man. That was his company, and he wow. he fucking his, his like so much of his on screen persona was like advertising his pants. <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually partied with Animal's son. Uh, he went to college at Ohio State. His name was James Laurinaitis. And yeah, dude. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, we partied together. But yeah, no, I'm a huge uh, sick flex right there, though. That's fuck yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm a hu- I'm a huge wrestling buff too. Like uh, the Ultimate Warrior, uh, Macho Man. I'm in a I'm in a wrestling like death metal project that I'm about to put out too called Macho Slam Randy Slamage. So <laughs> that's that's sick, dude. I did a I did a wrestling project like. Six years ago, it was called Thundertaker. Hell yeah, that's sick. <laughs> pretty dope. I found one the other day called um, Stone Cold Stunner. That's pretty sick. Awesome. Yeah, wrestling's, yeah, wrestling's the best, guys. They, I just want to say Can I just say that? Like, yeah, I just want to say it. <laughs> right. I, I love pro wrestling, uh, and I say this not to disparage anyone who follows the, the, the product being put out nowadays, but I've come to a conclusion that I'm a nostalgic wrestling fan. Uh, when I got into it, it was like WrestleMania fever, WCW, NWA, WWF before it was WWE, and I feel like nowadays, like I, there's just nothing that's on that level, so it's like hard for me to get into. Um, New New Japan. Do you follow bro. modern wrestling. Yeah, sorry, sorry, I'm not being interviewed <laughs> here. Let's go. No, 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 no. J- Justin's very passionate about wrestling, man. Say, I do. Say I, what you guys say about New Japan. Yeah, I just say if, if you're frustrated with modern American pro wrestling, go to New Japan pro wrestling. It's always it's always good. So. Deathmatch wrestling and stuff like that too, man. Is uh, it's way more extreme and it's uh, it's definitely it, it, that catches my eyes more than than anything. Other than that, it's strictly uh, you know, wrestling in the '80s and stuff like Mr. Perfect, uh, the Ultimate Ready. Warrior. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually I talked about it on another episode. I just watched the Heroes of WCCW documentary. It's all about the Von Erichs and all that. Man, it's like it's like two hours forty five minutes. It's epic, man. It's like Lord of the Rings of pro wrestling in the eighties. It's great. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Hi- highly recommended that one. That was good. Um, so, what's well? Let me ask you this then, man, because I'm kind of curious. Is is pro wrestling big in your area of Ohio, or was it when you were growing up? Yeah, I even. Uh... I mean, I wrestled um, from being a kid <laughs> all through college and stuff, too. So um, I come actually from a big uh, wrestling family. My So when Scott Steiner uh, wrestled for Michigan when he was in college, he actually wrestled my uncle when my uncle was in college. Yo. So uh, 
I got that background. Um, a lot of mixed martial arts is really big here too. Um, I used to train at uh, the Buckeye Hammer House. Hell yeah, yeah dude. That's, that's, that's that's I used to have that too when I was a kid. That's sick. For the, listener, for the listeners, that was... Justin, could you just explain what that was for the listeners? Yeah, so every camera? now and then, you know, on this podcast, I know it's audio-based, but visually, if we ever get that to you, I do my uh, my action figure flex every now and then. So we're talking Scott Steiner, <laughs> so I bring out Big Papa Pump. That's right. Holla if you hear me. You know, uh, we have a big MMA scene around here, too. Like, there was a gym in Lancaster, Ohio, that I used to go to. It was ran by uh, Mark Coleman and um, Kevin Randleman, who were, like, big in the UFC and shit like that. We have uh, Monday Night Monday Night Raw that comes to uh, Nationwide Arena. So Ohio's really big on sports and uh, people getting drunk. So, <laughs> Well, yeah, that's why I asked because I had the impression that it was probably a little bit bigger out in your region than it was, uh, you know, here on Long Island growing up or whatever. Like the, the Midwest, I feel like, is a lot more support for, like, pro wrestling, man. Just, you know, in, in, in my perception anyway. Yeah, um, yeah. Where I uh, where I lived, so when when I was a kid, um, I used to live actually two streets over from where I live right now, and we used to have a flea market wrestling ring. Um, <laughs> they would uh, they would do like outside events and stuff, and uh, that was always cool. I'd always like check that out and stuff when I was a kid. Yeah, I, I had a very short career backyard uh, wrestling, bra- backyard uh, quote unquote pro wrestling. I think I lasted about three matches on this kid's porch when I was seventeen. Uh, yeah, and I, I was—I think I went by the name Leviathan, but uh, yeah, it, it was—it was not my calling in life, Dude, and uh, a, I certainly don't. I, I had a short career in wrestling too, but I don't want to get into it. Yeah. My, well, well, there, here's here's something that, that I don't know if you remember this, Tom, but there was uh, there was one show that we played back in the day uh, when we did the Bamboozle Festival, and we were loading in, and Lucha Vavoom was doing a show at Bamboozle, and. Uh, the ring was set up right behind the stage that we were loading in on. So this is like 8, 9 o'clock in the morning. The ring is set up. There is nobody around. All our gear is in place. We're like, fuck it. Let's let's go have a tag match real quick. So we get our merch guy, Patty, who's another big pro wrestling fan, and, uh, and our bass player, Sean. And none of us have ever been inside of a ring before. But it's like, you know, I just start running those ropes, and it feels like home, right? So... Just had that impromptu tag match. I think Tom ate a suplex, if, if I'm not mistaken, or Sean ate a suplex. Nobody got hurt. I probably left the uh, ring to have a cigarette, but yeah, nobody got nobody got hurt. I came out victorious, obviously, and it was all a good time, man. I'm telling my kids about that. So, yeah. yeah, that's all I got to say about that. So that's interesting. You come from a fairly esteemed uh, wrestling family. Uh, awesome. Anybody ever do the the pro wrestling thing, the sports entertainment quote unquote thing? So Brett the Hitman Hart used to have his own. Uh, like federation that toured and stuff like that too and um man he's not a family member he <clears throat> he, he laid pipe to my mom though so uh <laughs> I, again like he yeah some uh pat on the back for me that's from the me. sick that's the best thing i've ever heard <laughs> that's fantastic. But, um, wow. that's my man. favorite part so, so, of this podcast right now he, that's he cool. went by the name roadblock and uh Ooh. i remember i think you could actually like google and uh, find him. He would dress yeah, up so in orange and stuff. So that's Calgary Stampede Wrestling, I believe. Yeah, uh, toured around. Yeah. So, oh, wow, wow. That's <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Bret Hart lost picker back in the day too when he was. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man. Um, what what what's left at this point? <laughs> I don't know. I hope my mom listens to this. 
so getting back to death metal, I really enjoyed that pro wrestling conversation, by the way. Uh, getting back to death metal, uh, uh, you know, obviously it's it's crazy now with this virus thing and everything shut down. But what do you see on the horizon for Sanguasugabog, uh, assuming, you know, you guys can get back to a, a productive cycle soon? So after our tour with uh, Creeping Death, we ended up getting a manager and a booking guy. Um, so we had a lot planned. Like, like this year, um, I was supposed to tour for about eight months straight. And then, uh, yeah. And um, since then, everything's got pushed back. Things have got canceled. But... We're hoping, fingers crossed. Um, you know, we we hear about shit opening up in May. Um, so far, we haven't heard anything else about it. But right now, we have something planned. About forty days, uh, July and August, and then in the fall. I don't want to give too much out there, but it's probably the biggest tour that that we agreed on, and that's going to be from uh, November and December. So, hopefully, you'll get to see us. You know, this year, and then uh, next year, we got a lot planned. And then, uh, you know, I'm hoping next year, too, like, maybe we can uh, surprise some overseas fans and stuff like that, too. Awesome, man. And we wish you the best of luck, man. Everybody's hoping that we can get back to work with this thing. <clears throat> now, I got one more question. Um, I don't know. You, you can avoid this, whatever you want. We allegedly heard that your band enjoyed Las Vegas. Do you, do you want to talk about that? Yeah. All right. We'll talk about it. <laughs> I got I gotta see how far my girl is from the door, real quick. <laughs> Remember, I'm giving you the option. We can edit this out, and you don't have to talk about it. Oh, dude, I'm proud of it. Let's nice. talk about it. Also, I'm assuming if your mom's listening, it's be a good time for her to skip a little bit. <laughs> oh, she's heard the story. Oh, good. Uh, I mean, or at least turn it down. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, so we, uh, I, I played Vegas before. I used to play, uh, I played Big Mike's. Um, festival that he had over there uh, Las Vegas Death Fest on Fremont and we played this like um, this like Eagles Lounge uh, you know like this lounge for veterans and stuff like that there with Creeping Death and I'm just jacked because our first tour dude we uh, we went to a strip club um, in Baltimore and I'll never forget that 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 trip it was um, it was our drummer's first time at a strip club so he had the time of his life, so, you know, he's smacking butts with like three dollars in his hands, and stuff like that, and they were loving it. So we uh, <laughs> we go we go to Fremont, and it's dead. You know, it's a weekday, it's cold. There's really nobody out there. So we told, uh, so I told everybody, I was like, look, man, there's gonna be guys in like blazers, and they're gonna be coming out uh, with these cards that invite you at strip clubs, and they'll give you like a free limo ride and a bottle or whatever. I was like, let's take it, you know, because we didn't want to park the van anywhere. So we, uh, first guy that hits us up, we're like, he, he asks us if we want to go. No hesitation. We're like, fuck yeah. So we get there, and um, we had the time of our lives, and we, we spent so much money, dude. We spent close to three grand there. And uh, just because, like, like, Cameron would pop out, like, drunk, and he'd be like, dude, I need some money for this stripper. She loves me. <laughs> she's in. Lo we're in love with each other. That's a good like, stripper. Right. Yeah, she's oh, doing yeah. her job well. Oh, for sure. And we had, we were having a blast uh, drinking drinks. Um, they were even letting us pick music, so we were playing our music, and they were dancing to it. <laughs> and uh, our bassist, 
our bassist Steve, um, he was going to meet up with us late afterwards. He wanted to like catch some shut eye and make sure he smelled nice and whatever. So he comes over there, and uh, and I guess like they greeted him at the at the door, like, "Are you with the band?" And he's like, "Oh God, what's going on?" And we made them think that we were we were uh, that he was our manager that we played at like uh, a house of blues to a sold out crowd. We, like we were we were making them eat our shit, like thinking we were some hot shots, dude. So uh, we had a blast, and then. Uh, yeah, man, I don't think we got any sleep. And then we were just like, all right, dude, it's time to drive. And we went to the Grand Canyon with a bang over. <laughs> like, I think one of us was hanging out the window puking. We all smelled like ball sack and beer and uh, got to see the Grand Canyon, had an off day, and then uh, went to Colorado the next day. So, yeah, had a blast. Wow. <laughs> Devin, that's a fantastic, almost romantic story <laughs> of a... Uh evening at a strip club oh uh, we uh we were bros after that one we definitely uh i i mean i i like i said i haven't known really anybody in the band um that long but just being on the road and seeing that they we can all hang at the same level it's uh it's been a cool experience it's important man yeah you're traveling in a van going from state to state like you need to get along oh definitely definitely well it it, it helps but <laughs> You can get to the next show even if you don't get along. Trust me. Oh, oh for no. sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, oh my God, that's awesome though, man. I'm glad you guys uh, were able to enjoy yourselves. Uh, it's a great story. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we've talked we talked about a lot of different stuff, man. Um, limb splitter, Sanguasugabog, uh, your death metal dad, uh, your family's esteemed history of, of wrestling. Um, we, you know, we we appreciate that, man. Uh, this is the part, and I don't know if I warned you, but but uh, if you're familiar with the show, we usually ask you to recommend one newer release and one older release by any artist uh, as we start to wind down. I'd say check out the new Vader. Um, I've been jamming Ooh. it a lot lately. I don't I don't know the name of it off the top of my head to be honest though. Um, I know when uh, late last year, uh, Deranged released a track from Sweden, and um, yeah. Yeah. been checking that out so you know once they have a new album out definitely check that um as far as um as far as like older stuff like 90s stuff i would say uh check out sickening neurotic fantasisms by um mortal decay and uh, it's one of my favorites uh check out procreating mass carnage by scattered remnants um and this is 2000s but it's older but uh you know, check out Masticate to Dominate by Gorgasm. I got to give uh, the Gorgasm guys some loves. I got their logo tattooed on me. That's like my favorite band. So <laughs> That's awesome, man. Strong recommendations. You guys said Vader, Deranged, Mortal Decay, Scattered. I mean, that's cra- and Gorgasm, man. That's crazy. Um, playlist. Bands, bands we've talked about on the podcast a lot. We interviewed uh, several members of Mortal Decay. Uh, over the course of the podcast, so you can go back and check out some stories about sickening erotic fanaticism. We have reached out to Ricard from Deranged, uh, but as I said on our Instagram Live the other day, there's some people that you just got to keep knocking at the door. There's a lot of podcasts and a lot of zines, and some of these artists, they get inundated, you know, so we're not I'm not bitter. I'm going to keep knocking at that door, all right? But, uh, but yeah, man, and um, 
Uh, awesome. So, so Devin, we really appreciate you giving us your time tonight and, and talking about things. We wish you the best of luck. This virus thing sucks for everybody. Uh, and I'm sorry to hear it knock some of your plans out of the way, man. But um, is there just any parting words uh, for fans of your music, listeners of the podcast, anything like that? Yeah, sure. Um, check out uh, Limp Splitter's about to be dropping a new album with um, Throughout Much Brutality Records, uh, Jamie Bailey from Brodican. Yeah. Um, okay. okay. It's going to be called Grizzly Exploitation of Flesh. We're hoping for a summer release. And then um, we're in the midst of recording um, a new single with Sugabog record as well. Um, it's got seven songs. Uh, it's a lot longer than the demo. Um, I think <laughs> one of our songs is almost pushing seven minutes. And it's um, it's definitely got uh, still that old school caveman-esque vibe uh, mixed with a lot of like the um, more brutal, groovy New York death metal scene, like bands like Malamore, Dehumanize, Pyrexia, stuff like that. It kind of pays homage to you, too. So, uh, Ma- Malamore, you said. Malamore, that's great. Yeah, everyone's like dehumanized, internal bleeding, pyrex. This guy said Malamore, man. I'll let the listeners do their research on that. That's that's cool, man. That's old school. I, I saw Malamore in a little dive bar here on Long Island. I think they were from more like the upstate region. Good band, though, man. Ba- uh, under underrated band. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, East Coast uh, death metal is probably uh, where I live as far as like my ears and stuff. So that's actually where we live. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime you're in town, we feel you, know. we feel you, brother. We'll let you yeah. crash where yeah. we live, where you live. <laughs> All right, so Devin Swank from Limb Splitter and Sanguasugabog, man. Like I said, thank you for your time. We appreciate it, uh, and we wish you the best of luck, brother. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me. Thanks, guys, and uh, take it easy. Thank you, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Have a good night, man. Peace, Peace man. Okay, Devin Swank uh, of Limb Splitter and Sanguasugabog. Um, and what, what was the other one? Macho Man Randy Slamage? That's Ma- he's got macho, a new project. Macho Slam Randy Slamage, I think it is. <laughs> yeah, double your slam. Look out for that, man. Really uh, appreciate that guy's story. Uh, very compelling guest. He had, a, he had a lot to talk about, um, not, not necessarily even in the realm of death metal. I, I enjoyed that interview a lot. Well, I never thought of it before, but my top of the list go to a strip club band is now Sanguisugabog. I'd love to go with them and see some titties. <laughs> yeah, 3-6 three, three Mafia has been usurped as the uh, strip club band. Yes. Now it belongs to Sanguisugabog. Fantastic. And also, man, he, he, he knew what he was doing when he hit those recommendations. The guy said Vader, Range, Mortal Decay. Come on, stop, stop. Man. We, we get it. You, you flex. <laughs> yeah, you we listen get it. You, you listen to Heavy Hole. We get it. Yeah, it, it, it runs you. in your family. Yeah, you, you flex, man. The guy, the guy was flexing all over the place, which is why I'm hoping you guys have a little bit to flex tonight with your recommendations. I got an interesting one. Uh, no pressure. I'm actually. Can, can I go first? I've been listening to the shit out of this album. Justin, what do you say? Can you go first? Yeah, Tom, hit it. 
Cool. <laughs> um, so I might botch the name of this band a few times, so you'll have to excuse me. But is it Sanguisugabug? <laughs> uh, the band is called Zisma, X Y S M A. Oh boy. Okay, I'm gonna pretend I don't know anything you're talking about. I want to hear what you got to, to deliver right now. All right, cool. Because if you're familiar, Will, there's quite a roller coaster of of sounds. So I want to talk about their album. Yeah. Uh, this band. Oh boy. This band went through <laughs> uh, a crazy transformational. Uh, experience, if you want to call it that. Over the course of 10 years, this band went from being a pioneering gourd rhyme band with their first demo, Swarming yeah. of the Maggots, to a psychedelic rock band with their 1998 album, Girl on the Beach. Uh, Love it. <laughs> the words say a lot. I All right, go, go on, because I'm going to get it all out at the end. Go on. I, I would love to have a discussion about this. So I can't really think of it, a, any other band that has changed their style so so drastically more than this one i'm sure there's other examples out there if you want to send them in that's cool but um i urge our listeners to simply sample bits of their discography just to see what i'm talking about but unlike entombed attempting to widen their audience with wolverine blues this band's transformation doesn't seem uh so try hard in a way uh the example being the album yeah coming just a year after their thoroughbred gore grind ep Above the Mind of Morbidity, yeah, is a super, super unique album. There's like this stoner Tony Iommi vibe that that sees its way through this album. Uh, Doom part, surf, surf rock style shit. Uh, bolt thrower-esque grooves, all with like pitch shifter vocals, really gurgly shit. It's weird, it's a genre mixing period for this band's career. Uh, I kind of wish they parked their asses a bit longer at this time period of yeah, where they were just getting outside of the gore grind stuff. They did one more album incorporating this style. It's called First and Magical. Uh, I would also recommend listening to that, but the other albums following, they, they just kind of sound like garage rock bands. They're more for fans of like Queens of the Stone Age, Eagles of Death Metal. Uh, not really the cup of tea that we throw down here. It's it's not terrible, but like there, there's something so innovative about the album. Yeah, I've never heard a band do psychedelic, pentatonic style riffs with straight up Frightmare style vocals on. It's a good album, and I totally understand people who are are uh, diehards of uh, a gore grind, grindcore, uh, being really upset when they first heard this. But it, it's way ahead of its time. Um, Will. What are your thoughts? Because you, I see you there. I, I don't, I'm patiently, I'm not making faces. I'm not giving you thumbs down. I'm chilling, bro. No, no, I know. I I, I want to know what your thoughts are, really. I was indoctrinated to hate this band by Adam Rotella when I first got into gore grind and death metal. Um, I wish we could patch Adam in to hear his views on Zizma right now. Um... You said, you said that you wish they left it in park for yeah. There's a lot of people who wish they never took it out of the garage from Swarming of the Maggots and that, that first uh, EP. Yeah, which is a really I, good e- on- EP, by the way. I, I enjoyed the Swarming of the Maggots and Above the Mind of Morbidity, where they were doing just sick, like, squash bowels yeah. before squash bowels kind of sound. I, I, I think yeah. it's great, but yeah is... I love it. Uh, is that the one with the song New Gel in Town? 
Because um, I remember I remember that from a relapse compilation in the late 90s amidst a bunch of grindcore and death metal songs. Doesn't matter. Um, nothing really matters about Zizma after Swarming of the Maggots anyway. But I digress. Um, I, you know, I haven't spent a whole lot of time with Zizma. Zizma and Amorphous for a lot of my life were two bands. And this is my own personal opinion here. You have every right to disagree with me that there wasn't much worth listening to uh you know after their classic seminal death metal and grindcore albums it does, you know whatever man i you know i'm sure there's lots of zizma fans out there that appreciate the new sound and that's cool that's people's choice but for me personally you guys know me i think the listeners if they've listened to a few episodes they know me what do you guys think i'm gonna think about zizma after the core grind years i mean come on uh there's nothing there for me and it was always bizarre to me that Relapse continued putting out their albums all those years through the 90s when Relapse was still a pretty death metal and grindcore heavy label. Uh, Relapse still putting out the Zizma albums. And I never, it never, I never clicked with me. I never figured it out, man. Because you're right, they just kind of turned into this garage rock, psychedelic rock band after a while. That they lost the extreme vocals after a point and everything. You know, I don't know. That's the type. When 1994 hit, that was when that band, in my opinion, sucked. Like, yeah, for sure. And but it was these two albums before where they were still very much in touch with that core grind sound while doing these other elements that are very magical. I would like to go back and give those a second uh, chance now that you bring it up. And I'm also going on like 20 years of even paying attention to Zizma. Right. Because I remember being so put off by some of those late 90s garage rock type things. Um, so you know what? I'm gonna you know go ahead and say well we're gonna have to make the, we're gonna have to let the listeners decide for themselves on this one, Tom. Uh, you know, listen to what you want, and uh, maybe we'll play a little bit of it and let the listeners figure it out for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I'll go next, if you don't mind. Please. Thank you. What Will, the, what the fuck? This Will, guy hogging my hogging my recommendation time. Go ahead. Will, you're the clo- you're the fucking you're the closer, man. You hit the home runs. I, I I'm, let, I'm joking. I'm you joking. let let me and Tom get on base and then smash this out of the park. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right. So uh, so I got a new recommendation this week. Um, the band Dysmorphic Demer- Demiurge. Okay. Um, their new record, As You Hunger for Pardon, came out. Today, April 27th, uh, 2020, uh, as we record this. So I found this on my, um, you know, band camp shopping in the morning as, as I do. Uh, and fuck, man, this is an ab- absolutely punishing, brutal death metal slam, like, machine on big-ass muddy treads, just just rolling over shit, um, sprinkling in a little bit of the, the old-school death, uh, little like little hints of atmospheric. Um, it's just a, a beautiful, uh, super slick production. That I mean, it's it's grossly modern, but it, it, it works for this project. Um, 
This has, I think, like the most uh, unique leader, like modern unique leader sound going for it. So I'm listening to this album as you hunger for pardon, and I'm like, I need to fucking, I need to find more about this band, like more out about this band. Where are they from? What, you know, what's going on? Well, I, I I look and I see on their band camp they're from Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm like, okay, maybe I can start there. So I get on my internet machine and I'm looking, and there is nothing. There's absolutely nothing. I type in dysmorphic demigurge. There's nothing. There's the band dysmorphic. Okay, cool. That's not really what I'm looking for. I type in as you hunger for pardon. It's just like all these people really hungry for pardons in, in the criminal justice system. It's like nothing's really, like nothing's coming up at all. So I'm listening to it, you know, and, and these songs, you know, they're, they're a little bit, they get, they get a little bit lengthy, right? Six minutes and 38 uh, for, the, for one song, 547 another song, 604 another song. So I'm getting about halfway through the record and I'm like, fuck man, let me just keep trying to Google it again. All of a sudden, Facebook page pops up. The Facebook page was just made as I was listening to this track. I'm like, <laughs> oh my god! I'm like, I'm like, holy crap! I'm like, all right, well, let me, let me, let me go back to Google. Let me Google again. Metallum pops up. The Metallum was just made as I'm as I get to track seven on this record. Holy shit! This is something. This so is something you beat brand- Metallum and Facebook to, to this bin. Just created. So it turns out, and there was a post on their face their Facebook page that. Dysmorphic Demiurge is is the new band uh, consisting of two founding members from local Knoxville, Tennessee band Labyrinth, um, who were alive and kicking in that local Knoxville death metal scene 25 years ago. And the way that they tell the story is they they were they were playing local shows and they were you know slowly gaining steam and three years into them going as a band you know life happened and they had they had to disband they never they didn't put out anything you know no recorded demos no recorded eps lps nothing like that so here we are 25 years later two founding members randy brown and jason monroe were like let's get the band back together um so they dusted off some old labyrinth labyrinth riffs that they have and Wrote, wrote some new tracks on top of it and enlisted uh, Randy's son, Cade, who was training himself to do death metal vocals um, and made a band out of it. So it's a three-piece band consisting of Jason Monroe and Randy Brown, two of the founding members from local Knoxville, Tennessee band Labyrinth, and vocals by Randy Brown's son, Cade. Uh, and this shit is fucking intense, man. Uh, this is going to blow up. This is going to be on Unique Leader. This is going to be somewhere. This will be on Seasons Miss, something like that. This band is going to get signed. You're going to hear this band. This production is too slick. These songs are too fucking good for that that modern slam incorporating like some weird fucking shit from, from death metals of past. So dysmorphic. Demi urge, uh, I urge all of you listen, to listen to this, this this shit right here. That, that's that's interesting because uh, we were just talking to Devin from Sanguasugabog about him growing up with his death metal dad, and you bring to the table a band with with multiple generations in it of artists. That's right. I like this story. I like a good story. Yeah, I like this story of like some some guys, you know, when they were kids, some dads when they were kids, uh, being like, you know what, we wrote some cool riffs, and. It's 2020 now. We're not done. So let's put it out. It says that the, the production is by the band. And, hey man, it sounds good. This shit, this shit is quality right here. So 
check that out. Okay, um, several years ago, I believe 2011, when they released their first demo, uh, I had a blog, believe it or not. I was cutting edge in 2011. I had a blog. I'd love to hear uh, it. And, I, and, and I, I shared, I've since destroyed it and taken it down um, because you guys weren't there. Uh, and um, I first shared this demo from this Finnish band uh, back then on, on my old blog. Uh, Solothus or Solothus S-O-L-O-T-H-U-S from Finland they put out a demo in 2011 and you can catch up with their back catalog they have a few releases on Bandcamp since then uh, and I was delighted to learn that they recently signed to 20 Bucks Spin oh. um, I really I, I like that 20 Bucks Spin label uh, never had any bad dealings with them I've ordered records from them um, great good deal selections. and I like yeah, and I like some of the newer bands that, they're, that they've been putting out lately. Because um, this band, Solitus, they just released, I believe today or within the last few days, uh, Realm of Ash and Blood, uh, a full-length album on CD, vinyl, and cassette, and digital, uh, of like very... Uh, I'm trying to think of the right way to describe it. It's kind of sludgy, uh, death, doom, but with a lot of musicality, a lot of uh, subtlety. And uh, kind of like a regal, almost a death metal Black Sabbath type of vibe in a lot of ways. But having heard them and listened to them for several years now, I definitely hear like an expansion on their sound and a, and a, um, a progression on their sound. This this was like a really solid release for Twenty Bucks Spin. Not to not to um, uh, dismiss anything else they put out, but this this is like a, a, a home run of an album for me. Uh, Solithus, Realm of Ash and Blood. It's dirty, uh, uh, dingy, and dark, but at the same time, there's enough musicality so that you're not kind of like falling asleep waiting for the funeral to be over, like a lot of doom metal bands, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, and, and there's kind of like this death metal, morbid, dead Viking theme to some of their stuff, man. Just a really cool band that I really enjoyed from the go many years ago when I first heard them because, like I said, there's a lot of kind of Black sabbath doom elements but not sacrificing any of that old-school death metal dirtiness and, and brutality in a, in a lot of ways, man. And they've kind of expanded musically with this album a lot, too, from what I hear. So I was really into this, and I recommend anyone who's into this um, uh, dirgy, doomy, death metal sound get into this man this i think this this could uh it, it could bridge a lot of a lot of gaps between death metal and osdm and doom metal and, and different things that people listen to so solithus realm of ash and blood uh, out now on 20 bucks spin that's what i want to talk about tonight
talked about uh, death metal. We talked about strip clubs. Mm-hmm. We talked about pro wrestling. Yep. Shout out to Brett the Hitman Hart. Yep. Definitely. Um, close to the family. I love it so much. Yeah. We we talked about turkey hunting. Uh, I got to thank Devin Swank from Sanguasugabog and Limb Splitter for joining us tonight. That was a great conversation. I felt it was very interesting, man. Um, and, you know, I'd, I'd like to talk to the guy again at some point, get his views on things. Shout out to him and shout out to Sanger and Limsburg. Yeah, for sure. And I didn't mention this earlier, but I did see them at that Vitus show that they played right before this corona shit happened. And that room was uh, insane. People lose their minds over that band, and rightfully so. So when you see them touring again, get your ass down there. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I transferred to a work schedule where I was working a lot of nights and weekends earlier this year. And I so regret not getting my ass out to shows uh, in January and February before this whole thing happened, man. So that's something to think about, man, you know? I've always thought to myself, go to the shows, because you never know. And here we are, and we can't go to shows, man. So when when, uh, when things do open up again, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be able to go support shows. And I'll get off my ass more, you know? Because I, I regret missing that show in particular that you're talking about. I heard, a, I heard good things, not just from you, but other people. That mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a good time. Man. Saw Paula there. It's always a good time we see Paula. Shout out to Paulo. Saw Terrell there. Shout out to Terrell. Saw Sam there. Shout out to him. Shout out to yeah, Sam. So, um, yeah, shows. Enough about that. Going to get everybody depressed talking about shows. All right. Thanks for listening to The Heavy Hole, uh, your number one source in whatever we're doing. Yeah, there you go. You know, check it out, heavyholepodcast.com. Buy yourself a sticker pack. As promised, there's a brand new promo code. Uh, this promo code will get you free shipping on all of the, doesn't matter. You can order five sticker packs. I'll get a free shipping, even though it weighs a ton. Wait, wait, we we didn't talk about this. That's crazy. Yeah. No, well, I mentioned I mentioned <laughs> it, but I'm you know I'm just carrying through right now. So type in the promo code Chunky Riffs to get yourself free shipping. Okay, and that's all caps Chunky Riffs, no space, free shipping. Get it. All right. It, before it's, it's coming count. out of your coming out of your million dollar cut of the Patreon. Alright, that's all I gotta say. That's wild. Uh, listen, luckily the heavy hole affords me of this lavish lifestyle where I can take this this hit and pass the saving off to you, the beautiful fans of the heavy hole. Yeah, this this uh chunky this rips. heavy hole lifestyle, it's it's keeping me in uh dried mealworms for my frog. He's eating good over there. And nine lives for the cat. I had to squeeze my pets into this episode. I'm sorry. All right, so <laughs> heavyholepodcast.com. Uh, you want to order those sticker packs and uh, foot us the shipping bill, you can put in that Chunky Riffs uh, promo code. Yeah, that's just spelled. Yeah, sound it out. Spell it out. Chunky Riffs. That's it. Yeah, you can do it. Uh, it's, it's a lot easier than Sanguasugabog to spell out. I'll tell you that much. Yes. You know, uh, anything else you want, it's all on that heavyholepodcast.com. Uh, links to the social media, our voicemail number. You can leave us a message, and we may or may not play it on the show, depending on how live you are. Um, you got to match Devin Swank's energy now for us to play it. Um, what else, guys? Anything else? Heavyholepodcast at gmail.com. We got all the social medias. If you haven't spun round and round in a long time, maybe you want to spin that and maybe start at the top of the record, out of the cellar. That's rats out of the cellar. They're not a sponsor. They're not a sponsor. All right, all right. I got to shut it down. One. One.